Thank you for listening to the Pharmacy Podcast, the leading word in pharmacy. Please find all of our shows at www.pharmacypodcast.com. Hi, my name is Rob Frankel, and I'm the president of the Pennsylvania Pharmacists Association, and you are listening to the Pharmacy Podcast. Hey, this is Todd Urey with the Pharmacy Podcast. This is the first of these podcasts that I've ever done. This is a live interview in Scranton, Pennsylvania, and I'm with Rob Frankel, who is with the Pennsylvania Pharmacists Association. How are you doing today, Rob? I'm doing great, Todd. How are you? Very good. So, obviously, I'm a Pennsylvanian. Uh, I have to say I'm a, obviously a Pittsburgh Steeler fan. I got my Steeler shirt on right now. Um, Rob, you happen to be an Eagles fan. I'm from the other Pennsylvania, the eastern <laughs> side, and uh, I was wearing my Eagles hat playing golf today, and I'm looking at your Steelers shirt, and uh, I know we got a game on the 7th of October, and I'm not liking it, but we'll hang in there. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping that in my lifetime, Rob, we get to see the all-Pennsylvania State Super Bowl. We almost had it a couple years ago. I know. You guys got in, and we blew it again with Andy and Donovan. That's right. <laughs> so... So we're here at the annual uh, Pennsylvania Pharmacists Association Conference, and I'm excited to be here. And um, you are playing a very new and important role uh, with the PPA. So what I want for our listeners is to understand uh, who you are a little bit. I know you're a pharmacy owner. We want to hear about that as well and um, just get your vision about our industry and the PPA. And, um, and from that, I'm just going to turn it over to you. Okay. Um, I am an independent community pharmacy owner. I own two pharmacies in southeastern Pennsylvania, Skipback Pharmacy in Montgomery County and Sellersville Pharmacy in Bucks County. And we actually have a third location opening up uh, next year, a closer location in the Sellersville area. Um, but as an independent owner, um, you know, I've been doing this now for over 25 years, have seen a lot of uh, things go the wrong way, as we all know. And several years ago, after I just, you know, people around me, my peers, my other pharmacy owners, other pharmacists got just kind of frustrated with and the frustration just builds and builds and builds. And I said, you know what, I'm not going to be one of these guys that sits behind the counter and, and complains about everything. But I'd like to try and do my best to try and make a difference to, to help the world of pharmacy, at least in Pennsylvania, for all of us. And the way I decided to do that was to uh, get involved in leadership in various associations one thing led to another, and I uh, was elected into being an officer for Pennsylvania Pharmacy Association. And five years later, it's my turn to be president. So um, there's a lot of stuff that has gone wrong. Um, there's a lot of legislation pending and a lot of things we can get done. And that's pretty much where my passion is, to try and help pharmacy in Pennsylvania uh, get back on the right track uh, so we can all be good professionals, earn a good living at it, and help our patients in the meantime. You know, I recently uh, just came to the full cycle understanding, per se, of um, the underutilization of the State Pharmacists Association, specifically for the uh, independent community uh, private owner. And the fact that there's so many resources that I didn't even myself know about within the association that can truly help uh, the um, the private owner, as well as pharmacy in general. It, you know, starting with the higher level of all of this, we're talking about our profession. We're talking about the profession of pharmacy, and that is the value that it brings to the healthcare system, to uh, patient, true patient care, and how uh, the unfortunate um, cycle of business that is 
the big, huge conglomerate uh, national PBMs attempting to really commoditize something that has no business being commoditized as uh, seeing your primary physician has no business being commoditized. So therefore, um, I understand now. I have a greater view of what your state association is, is supposed to be doing and, and what it can be utilized to be doing. And a matter of fact, what many state associations are fighting for, and I don't know if owners realize this. So give us uh, um, your vision of the state association's purpose and um, how you see um, now that you're directly involved, how you see it helping uh, pharmacy in general, but then, of course, also the, uh, the private owner. Well, the Pennsylvania Pharmacist Association is an association of all pharmacists in Pennsylvania. It's not just independent community pharmacists, um, although that makes up the majority of the ownership of the membership of the association. Um, so we help all pharmacists on all levels on all issues, um, legislatively, creating policy, um, just being a go-to resource for any pharmacist, whether they work in a community pharmacy, independent chain, or hospital. That being said, um, since most of the members are community pharmacists and most are independent community pharmacists, and that's where my world comes from, um, that is where my passion is. Um, I guess the biggest way that PPA is, is helping independent community pharmacies survive is on a legislative front in Harrisburg. Um, we work very closely with all the associations, the Philadelphia Association of Retail Druggists in Southeastern Pennsylvania, Value Drug, um, and... Uh, and even the grocery store merchants uh, with the grocery store pharmacies are working together in Harrisburg to try and get a variety of pieces of legislation passed. The most important of which is uh, equal access, House Bill 511, Senate Bill 201. Um, it is still very much alive, even though we're winding down the end of the session here. Um, and if that gets passed, our, in a perfect world, we'd have a level playing field so insurance companies would not be able to make closed contracts or preferred networks and lock out pharmacy or make it more expensive at independent pharmacies. The other piece of legislation that's still alive is the fair audit bill. And, you know, we've all pharmacists have had to endure PBM abuses in the form of audits uh, where they charge back monies from pharmacies for not dotting your I or not crossing your T basically doing things that have nothing to do with filling a prescription wrong, but just maybe having clerical errors and then taking back large sums of money for nonsense. Um, the fair audit bill would, would go a long way to reducing that, uh, those PBM abuses. And the third big piece of legislation out there that we're working on is lowering the immunization age in Pennsylvania. Right now, uh, pharmacists are allowed to give immunizations and injectables um, to only people over 18 years and, all, and over. Um, obviously, there are uh, there's a lot of people who fall under that age who are missing the boat on immunizations because they don't have an accessible pharmacist who can give them a shot on the fly. Uh, we're talking about kids going back to college. We're talking about uh, Gardasil for young girls. We're talking about flu shots for teenagers. Pharmacists can't do any of those. Uh, I'm certain that any pharmacist that immunizes would be comfortable giving immunizations to that set of people. Um, that bill is still out there to lower it. Um, also, uh, not only do we try and get good legislation passed, we also try and avoid negative legislation from being passed by giving, for example, giving expert testimony. Only last week, one of our board members, Janet Hart, testified in Harrisburg opposing legislation that would put limits on 
pharmacist's ability to substitute for certain kinds of controlled release narcotics. Um, Janet provided excellent testimony, and it looks right now like that bill will not be passed. Um, it was being pushed by some of the manufacturers of the very expensive control release narcotics, um, so they would you know, keep their market share, et cetera. Um, so it, it's a dual issue, trying to pass good legislation and trying to block bad legislation. Seems like sometimes it comes down to uh, the mighty dollar rather than the health of the patient. And getting in between um, a pharmacist and their patients, um, I think it's slowly trickled out of you know the, the beginning of pharmacy as, uh, as something that was uh, better for the consumer based on insurance and regulations and things that were necessary. But at some point, Rob, it came to the point that it was now becoming more about making money and less about the health. So um, types of um, laws and, and looking out for bills that come by in order to block. Um, I understand Representative Hennessy was, was really funding and looking after House Bill 511. So that's, uh, that's something that needs to be known, and we need to uh, understand where we are in the processes that are that are confusing to people like me who don't really get that much involved in it. So um, in the future, what do you see happening um, to immunization when it comes to uh, letting a pharmacist in the state of Pennsylvania um, uh, care completely for their patients? Well, um, if we can get that age lowered, uh, we can do things like having a family flu shot day, for example. Um, I Makes think sense. in... in Washington State, I think the age, there might not be any age restriction for pharmacists giving flu shots. And if there is, it's a very low age. So they have family flu shot day on Sundays. You know, we can't do that. And uh, it's believed that um, across the nation, uh, as a population, we are under immunized in general. Um, it's surprisingly low. I believe Zostavax, the penetration for your, to get your shingle shot is only about 11% across the country. So about one out of 10 seniors have gotten that shot. Uh, even flu shots, I think, are, are only in the 50 to 60% range as far as people who should be getting a flu shot get a flu shot. And if we can expand the pool of people that pharmacists can immunize, that will keep a healthier country. Uh, we'll have less sick days. And it will also increase the professionalism and the exposure of pharmacists to being good healthcare providers and oh, by the way, it'll also increase the bottom line for those pharmacists that do immunize for their company. So if you're, you're talking to uh, not only a national um, audience, uh, Rob, but you're also, obviously, we're speaking to Pennsylvania pharmacists. Um, and other than just signing up to be a member of the PPA, what other things can you ask for when it comes to being a pharmacist in our profession? from other fellow pharmacists in order to support the PPA? What type of, um, what type of writing to, to senators or state representatives or getting involved can they do um, into, into getting acclimated of how to get better involved with the PPA? Well, first off, uh, talk about membership first. Um, there are approximately 15,000 pharmacists in Pennsylvania and only about 5,000 pharmacists in Pennsylvania are members of any association. And PPA's membership is close to 2,000, but that includes a lot of students and technicians. There's actually about 15 or 1,600 pharmacists that are members of the Pennsylvania Pharmacist Association. 
that's about only one in ten for right. Pennsylvania, and that is pretty darn low. Right. So right out of the gate, we need to somehow figure out how to get other pharmacists who are not members of any association, and in particular the Pennsylvania Association. Um, and for some reason, the chain pharmacists are very, very poorly represented by Pennsylvania Pharmacists Association. We've talked about this a lot at our meetings, and it's generally believed by the chain pharmacist employee that their best interests are taken care of by their corporate employer. Okay. And I do not believe that to be the case. I think that corporate is looking out for corporate, not necessarily the professionalism and the long-term viability of the pharmacists they employ. Right. So getting past the, the core issue of increased membership, once you are a member of Pennsylvania Pharmacists Association, what can you do? You can be active. Um, when a bulletin comes out pushing certain legislation to make a phone call to your legislator, make that phone call. I want to give a couple of examples of other associations that have, that have made great strides because they have strong associations and strong legislative arms. The physician assistants have gotten prescriptive authority. LPNs can now write prescriptions. Even midwives can write prescriptions now because their associations were active and successful in Harrisburg. Pharmacy has trouble getting good legislation passed in my opinion, in large part because our associations are not very big. And once you're in the association, we have a hard time getting people out from behind the counter to make a phone call to their legislator or to make a visit to their legislator. So what can you do? When an issue comes up that's important to you, that you're passionate about, and let's just say you're a community pharmacist and you're losing business to mail order, what you can do is you can lobby your local legislator to get involved and help pass equal access like House Bill 511 or Senate Bill 201. That makes a lot of sense. Um, if you, And going back to your point about just being a pharmacist in general, you're a licensed pharmacist, you work for a national chain, and I completely understand. If I was a pharmacist that worked for a big box, and hey, I'd be like, okay, so corporate handles everything, and maybe that's the what they're advocating or pushing down through the ranks. But... This is our profession, regardless if you work for a independent or a, or you're clinical or you're working for a health system. Sign up to be a member of the Pennsylvania Pharmacists Association regardless. Make an investment in your career. Make an investment in your, your profession. And um, because the integrity and the, um, the outlook and the overall value uh, to huge uh, insurance companies who seem to like I said, try to commoditize everything, um, is, is literally on the attack uh, of pharmacy itself. So, um, Rob, I'm glad you brought that up. If you're a pharmacist and you're in the state of Pennsylvania, uh, go to the PPA website. It's easy to find. Go to Google, put in PPA Pharmacy. It's the first thing that comes up. And sign up and invest in your uh, state association. So I want to switch gears. Um, I've gone to the website, I've been a member now of the Pennsylvania Pharmacists Association for about four years, and um, the whole um, usage of communications is, seems to just be completely enhanced within the last 18 months, 20, uh, 24 months, which is incredible. So the uh, Pennsylvania Pharmacists Association is now involved on things like Twitter, on Facebook, on LinkedIn. Um, I'm, a, I'm a technology nerd, so of course I'm all over the place there. 
However, the newest tweet, Twitter account that I found from the PPA is the government side. So there's the association that really looks to um, obviously legislation issues, and then there's the group uh, activity issues and and things that other pharmacists can get involved in. How, um, from a national standpoint, um, do you think, Rob, can associations start looking out for each other and, and of course, our profession overall uh, using social media? Well, it, it's limitless. Um, social media can can hook you up to all sorts of things. Um, I, I'm I'm on Twitter myself and. By the way, if you guys want to follow me, I'm trying to get up to 100 followers. Follow me at, <laughs> at Bobby Golf. That's me. And um, I'm hoping to get to 100 by Monday. But anyway, it, it is I, the people that I follow are not just individuals. I follow um, legislators uh, from Pennsylvania and across the country. I follow other state associations. Um, I follow the Pharmacy Podcast. I follow Pharmacy GPO. And Todd and his companies put out amazingly great information. Um, so, so just getting on there just gets you to see what's happening, you know, more than just in your area, to see what's happening across the country and even around the world. Um, there's a couple of pharmacists I follow from the other side of the globe. Um, one fellow even retweets quotes from the Dalai Lama to me. It's a little <laughs> bit different, but you know, it's kind of cool to read that. And um, yeah, so, so getting social media involved is, is a great way to, to put your information out there. But for me, I don't do a whole lot of tweeting. I do a little more reading than that. Um, I get to read what's happening uh, outside of Pennsylvania and, and a good, get a good feel. For example, um, I learned we're, we're here in Pennsylvania trying to get this fair audit bill passed. And I learned through either Facebook or, or Twitter, one or the other, that California just got it passed. And we kind of use that as a momentum builder in Pennsylvania to show our legislators that, hey, you know, if California passed it, we're trying to do the same thing, you know, how about it? You know, how about a little love for that? That's, and, a, that's, that's a great reference, Rob. And, and I, I think that just understanding how to source information, and anybody that's a pharmacist, by the way, just listen to this point, and that is um, if there's a search mechanism in Twitter, for example, and the difference between searching in Twitter versus Google is the difference between now. Um, Google, search engines, all about the then. It's all about the past information. That may be information that even happened, um, you know, a day ago, but it's not the now. Twitter is all about searching for the now. So, for example, um, when I was on my way over here um, from over in Pittsburgh, um, we were searching for um, different information on the show, and there's a hashtag symbol for the PPA. It was hashtag, which is the pound symbol, PPA 2012 annual. And through that, I found other people chatting about coming to the show. So it quickly accessed who was coming to the show. I got to say hello to them quickly. And then I put in the word uh, Pittsburgh, just out of curiosity. And within 18 seconds of me doing that search, coincidentally, there was an event uh, with a, um, someone in the Gateway Center in downtown Pittsburgh uh, with a hostage situation that made the news just within 30 minutes of it being on Twitter. So Twitter is an amazing source of information. You put in your keyword, you hit the enter button, you bring up that information. So looking for uh, health information about people talking about it at the time that it's happening. Listen to this, pharmacy owners. Searching for patients as new customers. I'll give you an example. Put in your name of your state or of your city. For example, we're in Scranton. Go to Twitter. Put in Scranton, pharmacy. 
And don't be surprised when you see talk, people talking about within 30 seconds, one minute, five minutes, 30 minutes of being at um, a pharmacy or having a pharmacy question or having a, uh, a medical question that you can, at a time, associate maybe a technician to answer to later or you answer later and you reaching out using the power of social media. And by the way, don't forget the brick and mortar piece of this and that is the human piece of it. Um, because we're all, of course, like me, nerdy with the computer and the technology. And that is, you reach out to people through the, those mediums, and they take it personally. They're not just splurting something out there and no one's listening to them. Actually, someone, pharmacist, for example, reaches out to them and says, hey, I might be able to help you. Here's my phone number. Give me a call. And you might actually get a new patient out of that. Todd, you just gave me a great idea. And I didn't know I was going to get this idea sitting here with you this afternoon. So what I'm going to do at some point when I have some time is I'm going to type in the names of the towns that my pharmacies are in, comma, pharmacy. Cool. And I'm going to find people talking about pharmacy. Exactly. And if I find some people on Twitter who have had a negative experience at one of my competitors, I'll tweet them and say, you know what? I'm the owner of Skipback Pharmacy down the street or Sellersville Pharmacy down the street. And if you're not happy where you're going, you might want to stop in and talk to us. That is a great marketing tool, and guess what? It's free. <laughs> exactly. It's just your time and your expertise and just the usage of the tool. Um, so I know we have meetings to get to. Um, this has been a great kickoff. I want to let the listeners know um, the PPA and the Pharmacy Podcast are committed to uh, ongoing communications through our platform. We've dedicated um, shows upcoming um, about the PPA and your agenda, so I'm so excited to work with Pat Apple and, and you, Rob, and your team. I'm going to work with the marketing team at the PPA to get additional communications out. So listeners, be on the lookout for another show that's going to feature the um, purpose of the Pennsylvania Pharmacists Association, and I'm extremely honored and proud to be a part of this. So thank you so much for kicking this off, Rob. Thanks, Todd. This is Todd Urey with the Pharmacy Podcast. You can find all of our shows at pharmacypodcast.com. Once again, that's pharmacypodcast.com. And we ask that you uh, support uh, the profession of pharmacy. Reach out to your pharmacist if you're listening as a patient customer with any questions that you have. And hey, if you have an idea for a show, we give you $25 uh, for any show idea that we use. So go to pharmacypodcast.com and submit your idea. And we thank you for listening. Thank <laughs> you.